This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. A national organization is going to weigh in on the upcoming constitutional carry bills that will be presented in the Alabama legislative session. The National Association for Gun Rights, NAGR, is launching a grassroots campaign here in the state to take on the Alabama Sheriff's Association. NAGR is backing House Bills 44 and 66, which dissolve the need to have a gun permit to carry a weapon. They're also supporting Senate Bill 1 and 12, for lifting restrictions on firearms in certain areas, such as cars and courthouse annexes. NAGR accuses the Alabama Sheriff's Association of being the leading opponents to constitutional carry and in lobbying lawmakers in Montgomery to oppose any of those bills in 2022. NAGR President Dudley Brown says that the ASA is inciting fear to kill pro-gun bills in the same way that radical leftists do across the nation. Speaking of bills in the legislative session, there will be a prayer rally this coming Tuesday before the 2022 session officially gets underway in Montgomery. That event is being organized by Alabama Citizens Action Program and will be in front of the State House at 11 a.m. The state legislature will gavel in about an hour after that prayer event. ALCAP President Greg Davis says the issues that are most concerning this group for the session are gambling, legalization of marijuana, and gender identity issues. Davis says Those are practical issues that represent greater spiritual issues here in the state as well. Alabama Congressman Mo Brooks is calling the COVID-19 virus a man-made bioweapon created by communists in China. I have seen enough information, some of it classified, some of it not, some of it consisting of a private meeting with someone who worked in that program in communist China, who was a part of their bioweapons program telling us what was transpiring. It is a bioweapon. It is man-made. And it was man-made at the Wuhan Bioweapons Lab. Now, can I say that with 100% certainty? No. But I can say that with a high, 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 high degree of confidence. And that's my belief. Brooks spoke to Fox News over the weekend about the need to move on with the understanding of the creation of COVID-19 in order to not stop normal life here in the U.S., And people need to understand this. This is a bioweapon that was created in the Wuhan Bioweapons Lab of the Communist Chinese Party in conjunction with the People's Liberation Army. It's going to be around for a long time, and we have to learn to deal with it. We cannot shut ourselves up, which is one of the policies that unfortunately has done so much damage to our economy at the instance of Democrat governors, mayors, and to some degree, President Joe Biden. That isn't going to work. Brooks is one of the U.S. Senate candidates who is running in the Republican primary this year to replace outgoing Senator Richard Shelby. Police in Fairhope have arrested two people in connection to the death of a missing woman. 44-year-old Tammy Wedgworth was last seen in Fairhope on January 3rd. Wedgworth left her home to head to Mobile in a white Ford F-150. Her body was later found just before the weekend, along with her vehicle and credit card. 33-year-old Kenneth Colburn is facing murder charges and fraudulent use of a credit card. 35-year-old Amanda Miller is facing charges for using Wedgworth's credit card as well. The Teacher of the Year for Alabama for 2020 to 2021 is going to have a premium spot to watch the Alabama-Georgia game tonight. Andrew Jackson of Pell City will be in the state of Indiana to watch the national championship game. 
Jackson will also be brought out on the field ahead of the game to be honored. The College Football Playoff Foundation will have all 50 Teachers of the Year on the field to take part in a pregame ceremony. And when it comes to the Crimson Tide taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, kickoff is at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indiana. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, there's some chaos occurring in the country of Kazakhstan, which may not concern most Americans, except for the fact that there is a connection to the Biden presidency. One of the key conspirators in the uprising to overthrow the Kazakhstan government is a business associate of Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Karim Masimo was the head of intelligence in that country. He has since been arrested after attempting the takeover of the government. Pictures of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Massimo have now been revealed following the business deals they had with each other. In 2016, when Joe Biden was vice president, his son Hunter described Massimo as a good friend. One of the justices within the U.S. Supreme Court has to be fact-checked. Justice Sonia Sotomayor spoke during oral arguments last Friday regarding the federal vaccine mandate and lawsuits that are challenging the mandate's constitutionality. Sotomayor made the claim that about 100,000 children were currently hospitalized with COVID-19, with many of them being on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. However, federal data shows that across the nation, there are only 3,300 children with COVID-19 in hospitals. The head of the Center for Disease Control, Rachel Walensky, reluctantly agreed that those numbers were way off while she was speaking on Fox News. Walensky didn't spend much time correcting the justice for the incredibly overinflated numbers. She instead pivoted to point out how many children are unvaccinated. And it's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. It, Yes, there are, there are. And in fact, what I will say is while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15 fold less than hospitalizations of our older age, age demographic. As for the U.S. Supreme Court hearing last weekend, America's frontline doctors filed an amicus brief with the lawsuits that were headed before the highest court. That amicus brief pointed out that it's well documented that the vaccines do not prevent the infection or spread of COVID-19 and are not by definition truly a vaccine, but a treatment. The frontline doctors also said that the compelling interest of the state to protect the public through vaccination is invalid because well over 99% of people catching the virus recover and thus make vaccination unnecessary. The doctors also pointed out that the Omicron variant is indistinguishable from the common cold and that hundreds of studies show that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are better and more effective as an early treatment than a vaccine. Dr. Pierre Corey with Frontline Doctors Went on Fox News this past weekend after the filing of that brief, he excoriated big government and big pharma for pushing one solution only and blockading all others. The system is entirely structured, and it's scary how, how it's structured. It's structured to entirely act within the interests of for-profit pharmaceutical corporations. There is no system for assessing and approving uh, generic drugs. And in fact, it's almost like there's a, uh, there's, there's a blockade that's set up. They just don't approve them. They don't assess them. And in this pandemic, those drugs have actually been shown to be the most effective. They're used all around the world. 25% of the planet is using ivermectin. 
ivermectin and COVID. There's 73 controlled trials, yet they're being ignored. The system will only listen to large, double-blind, randomized controlled trials done by pharma. And so these generic drugs, they don't get approved and they get ignored. And, and the tragedy, Maria, is that this entire pandemic, we have not had an early treatment recommended by the, by the government. It's because they've been waiting for the approvals for the novel patented drugs. And the, one, the two that just got approval, one study one and done with these pharmaceutical companies. And meanwhile, you have the generic drugs, which have many dozens of trials, and they don't get approval. It is absolutely absurd. And these drugs that just got approved, one doesn't work. India just canceled their order for it because they know it doesn't work. And the other one is highly toxic. And so the absurdity and, and the tragedy and the damage on the American people by a broken system, it, it, we need to fix this. Where People are dying because they're being deprived of highly effective, cheap, widely available drugs that do not present as obscene profits to the pharmaceutical companies. One more COVID-19 story, and I will then move on. A federal judge has handed a victory to a group of doctors and medical professionals who are seeking transparency from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The judge ruled that the FDA will not be given 75 years to release all of the COVID-19 vaccine approval documents as the FDA had requested. Instead, the government agency must comply with a Freedom of Information Act and release 400,000 pages of data in the next eight months. U.S. District Court Judge Mark Pittman made the ruling in a case that was brought to him by the group Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. He says that open government is fundamentally an American issue. A horrific apartment fire in New York City this past weekend has now killed at least 19 people. Nine of those are confirmed to be children. The fire broke out in the Bronx. Five dozen people have been injured by smoke inhalation, with 13 of them still in critical condition. New York Fire Commissioner Daniel Negro spoke at a press conference. The smoke spread throughout the building, uh, thus the tremendous loss of life and other people fighting for their lives right now uh, in hospitals all over the Bronx. So we are investigating uh, where everyone was found, how the smoke traveled, but certainly um, the marshals have determined through physical evidence and through um, uh, first-hand accounts by the residents that this fire started in a bedroom in a portable electric heater. Full House star Bob Saget is dead at the age of 65. Saget was found unresponsive in a hotel room in Orlando this past Sunday. Orange County Sheriff's deputies say they were called to the Ritz-Carlton on Sunday afternoon around 4 p.m. They say there was no evidence of foul play or drug use in Saget's death. An autopsy will be performed to establish cause of death. Saget tweeted out within an hour of his death about a comedy show that he had performed on Saturday night in Jacksonville. You're listening to the Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams and Right Side Radio as he talks about Build-A-Bear or build a governor. Yeah, I hated going in the mall and like, oh, daddy, the Build-A-Bear store. Oh, crap, the Build-A-Bear store. That being said, here's my point. I, I just threw that title out there kind of tongue-in-cheek. Build-A-Bear, build a governor. Build-A-Bear, you go in, you add things you like, you dress it the way you like, you make it what you want it to be, and then it goes home with you that way, all right? The thing about governors, a governor, what you get when they arrive in office has been built long before they got there. You hear what I'm saying? So they can have the very cool um, stump speech and the really flashy um, ads on TV and the slick mailers that arrive in your mailbox. But who are they? What, what kind of person is arriving at the office? 
we've got some folks in there right now, um, not in the office, I mean in the race right now. And Lou Burdett, you just heard, I, I really wanted to hear about the person as much as anything. And I think it's important, folks, that, that we, we have to do that. We have to look at the person. We have to look at who they are. I used to have um, some of my you know liberal trolls would take issue with the fact that my faith was a part of my campaigning or my um, legislating when I was in the state Senate. You can't do that. Separation church and state. And I, my point was, uh, you elected Phil Williams, and I campaigned on this. You knew who I was before I got there. So, yes, I vote pro-life. Yes, I am not afraid to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, I'm not afraid to quote scripture while I'm uh, uh, giving a, a debate speech or, or, or debating a bill. All those things were instilled in me well before I ever got in the Senate. They don't just leave me. Well, the same is true for anybody who runs for governor. And leadership is a big, big deal. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the Daily Detail and want to get those reports directly to your electronic device, remember you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there on the main page, feel free to leave a five-star rating. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 